0: Hello, Rich Bolas here, and thank you for downloading this episode of The Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat again with clinical psychology registrar Arnie Phillips, aka The Child Whisperer, as part of our coronavirus lockdown series. This week, Arnie and I discuss negotiating steps and expectations as we ease coronavirus restrictions in Australia. Again, I need to stress that the content of this podcast doesn't constitute, nor should it be considered, specific psychological advice for you or your child, As with all medical, physical and mental health queries you may have, the best place to start is with your family GP or your child's paediatrician. That being said, I hope you enjoy this chat with Arnie. Hey Arnie, welcome back.
1: Thanks Rich, it's great to be back.
0: It is and it's uh, what a week, eh? Uh, We've had quite a change in things here. I mean, um, we're sounding pretty upbeat, I know it's still pretty dire in many parts of the world but... Um, we've had the announcement in Victoria that kids will be going back to school in um, a matter of weeks. I think, uh, was it prep to grade two in two weeks and then um, and grade 12 maybe? And, and then, 11 and, yeah, 11 11 and 12. 12. And then in yep. um, four weeks, uh, the rest of uh, school will be going back. So um, it's been quite emotional.
1: Yeah. And you say we're upbeat. Some are upbeat. Some aren't so keen about going back to school.
0: Yeah. Well I mean the there would have been the, the children that you've been working with, they've been flourishing in this lockdown state, you know, at yeah. home in a in an environment that really, you know, helps them flourish.
1: Yeah, exactly. Some it kinda of takes all that anxiety of being in the classroom and having to engage with their peers and trying to understand what's going on, trying to keep up with what's going on without with all the stimulus going on around them. Yeah. Um, all that's taken away, so they've really been able to focus on their learning. For some of them, yep. for others, they just hate the fact that they're stuck next to their sibling. It's been special torture. 7, so, yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm sure they're at least hooked. one of my
0: kids will think it's been special torture.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, I mean, for us, it's going to be interesting. Going, like, We won't be outnumbered in two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> It'll be like two parents, one child. Look out, Annie. You're in trouble. <laughs> Nothing will go missed. <laughs>
1: That's what you think. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. It's good
0: it's good to hope. But um, yeah. I mean it's it's going to be really interesting in some respects, Arnie. I reckon. Uh, I mean, one of the thoughts that I have is I had more culture shock moving to Australia than I had when I moved to Japan. And I think it was because I expected a lot of culture shock moving to Japan and I didn't expect any culture shock, whatever, moving to Australia Yeah, and and even just little things like oh, the road signs are a bit different to the UK and you know that sort of stuff. And I think yeah, okay. it could well be the same thing with everyone going back because everyone's gonna go back thinking that they've gone back to exactly how it was before. And I think there's going to be some real sort of dissonance there of like, whoa, hang on, this isn't how it used to be. Why, why can't I just, you know, hug my mates and, and, you know, hang out and do exactly everything we did before and there's going to be all these rules put in place. So it, I, mm-hmm. I think almost we shouldn't be thinking of it as going back. It's almost like we're, we're moving to a new phase.
1: Yeah, I think there's that expectation that we're going back to normal um we're not going back to normal we're taking a step towards normal and it's not the old normal it's a new normal in itself so yeah um exactly what that new normal will look like we don't really know it's just at this stage it's an easing of restrictions isn't it we're going from yeah what are we going back to is it stage 3 or stage 2 that we're going back to or I have no idea yep we we're, we're going back a restriction stage anyway yeah that's right <laughs> whatever the number is <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um and I think it's a matter of seeing what happens out of that easing of restrictions. Yeah. To help us, you know, approximate what the new normal will look like. But yeah. I think one thing we do know is that the new normal won't look like the old normal. Um and you know, you talk about those expectations of you're evening up the numbers so it's going to be two against one um (laughs) i think you know to relate that to society going back to an eased restrictions i think we're going to need to be uh careful with the expectations we kind of set as to yeah how successful and how real it's going to feel
0: have to take a danish approach and set really low expectations
1: yeah i <laughs> like it <laughs> that's how we can stay happy on Yeah, it?
0: <laughs>
1: but it, like i mean in, um oh, sorry it i was going to say it's like in pulp fiction where they um that's how they keep underestimating you
0: <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> good point <laughs> yeah so i think um there's going to be a really interesting I get a whole bunch of negotiations that are going to have to happen on a day-to-day basis, like catching up with someone that you haven't seen for weeks and weeks and you're going to have a totally different tolerance to them when it comes to the distance that you're comfortable standing at. And so there's going to be this whole renegotiation of what's a good fit in every interaction that we have.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably going to need to be one of the biggest things we focus on from a communication perspective. In past podcasts we've spoken about the importance of communication in the family unit, talking about what the house rules are, what the expectations are for how people interact and engage with one another, um, having expected and unexpected behaviours kind of clearly defined and everyone explaining what it is um i think we're going to need to move that out from the family unit to the societal unit um and just have or be ready to have those sorts of communications about here's what my expectations are um and you know in terms of setting expectations accepting the fact that people will be at different stages of relaxation um or tolerance for things like social distancing, hmm. or physical distancing, um, and you know hygiene, wiping down, yeah. um, wiping down trolleys, wearing gloves, wearing masks in public, all that sort of precaution. People, just by the very nature of humankind, people are going to be having different. Um, Different expectations at different stages.
0: Yeah, and I think the 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 job really is on us to to set our own mental model as to what we're happy with. Like, okay, what is going to be the way that we reengage with society as a family unit and as individuals, and and being really explicit about that, even to the extent of when I go to the supermarket, if someone gets within two meters of me, I'm going to actually have to say something. So, what is it that I'm going to say? I mean, do you have any suggestions yeah. around that, Arnie?
1: Um, I think that's going to be a matter of everyone being comfortable with what they're saying, with the language that they're using because they're the ones who will be in the situation. Um, so I don't think it will be worth me saying, here's a script for you to go through. Um, but having said that, I think it's what you say there is wise about planning in advance. Hmm. Um, you know, if this happens, then here's the response I'm going to give. Yeah. It's basic, you know, Programmer's language, if, then else. Um, You know, if people maintain a safe distance, then I'll do this. Else is how I'm going to respond. Yeah. Um, Picking up on, um, you know, couples counselling and the psychology of relationships, being able to communicate to um, a significant other by saying things like, when you do this, I feel this. You can translate that to a, you know, an interpersonal a social, interaction, social
0: interaction. Yeah,
1: yeah, in the supermarket or in Bunnings, and say, um, you know, when you stand or when you invade my personal space, I feel like. Punching you in the throat, oh, no. or <laughs> pushing you backwards.
0: No. No. Well, that wasn't quite where I was going, but yeah, I, I like where yeah. you're coming from, honey. No, because I mean, I had this situation. It in, depends uh, what you look like and yeah. what you get away with. Yeah, that's right. a, Yeah, I mean, you're a big guy and you can get away with anything. But the, um, it, no, it was interesting because this guy he stood right behind me in the queue in the supermarket. And um, he was an older, older gentleman. He must have been, I don't know, mid 60s, you know, late 60s. And I thought he would be all across this social distancing thing. And um, he was right up behind me. And I stepped like to the front and then turned around two meters away from him and said, yeah, sorry, mate, but um, I'm trying to do this social distancing thing. And, you know, you've, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit too close to you right now. And I was trying to sort of heap it on myself. like, oh, I'm a bit too close to you right now. I wasn't trying to blame him. But it it was me on the, on the hoof, like just coming up with that. I was like, oh damn, I should have thought of something a bit better to say. And in retrospect, I think what I probably should have said is, hey, um, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to uh, maintain a a two meter level of social distancing. So um, when you come that close, it it does make me feel a bit anxious. So like, can you, do you mind if, if we just sort of um, step back a little bit and then I can feel all good. And, and it's still yeah. going to be weird on many levels. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think as long as you're honest and, and you know, you're explaining how it's making you feel a bit weird, then there's not much many people can say, I'm hoping. But it, there are going to, going to be blues and blow-ups, I
1: reckon. Yeah, I think there will be. And there'll be people who aren't comfortable with that confrontation, no matter how gentle you make it or how soft the blow. It's still people will be uncomfortable kind of saying, hey, get out of my space. Yeah. Um. But that's and the, but so that's the think, worst
0: thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, imagine feeling like you've had your space invaded but then you sit with yeah. it and if someone's coughing or something behind you, like, have I just been exposed to COVID-19? Like, do I have to yeah. quarantine for the next 14 days or something? So it's almost worse yeah. if you don't
1: act well, yeah. on your it, intuition. It can be, but I think it's a matter of people, again, being comfortable with how they respond. Hmm. Um, and, you know, back to that if-then-else statement, if someone does go um, or does breach your tolerances for physical distancing, for example, then do you say something to them or do you just take yourself out of that situation and walk away or do you just um, sit with it and realise that you're feeling anxious um, and do nothing more than that? Is that what you're comfortable doing, just realising that this is a situation where I knew I may encounter. Um, I'm feeling anxious right now. I know I should say something, or I probably could say something. Someone else in this situation might say something, but I have decided not to because that would make me feel even more anxious, or yeah. that would make me feel even more uncomfortable than the situation I'm in now. So it's, I think it's a matter of people finding the response that's right. Yeah. Um, if it is, a feeling of anxiousness or frustration um, or nervousness that they're kind of experiencing when that tolerance level is breached. Um, that's pretty, pretty clinical, isn't
0: yeah, it? Yeah, it is. I like it. <laughs>
1: um, but if, uh, if people are having those sorts of emotions when that tolerance is breached, then the, I think there's the risk, if they haven't thought it out beforehand, that um, their brain a, starts to yeah. move out of the – prefrontal cortex and they're yeah. starting to hit the lizard brain into, yeah yeah so there's that fight or flight response that they're coming up with yeah and mm-hmm. they may not be thinking straight so
0: all a raft of emotions could float to the surface and you know sort of uh, you know physical responses and all sorts of stuff so yeah
1: yep um so yeah i think it's a matter of kind of planning ahead if i am in that situation then here's how i'm going to respond yeah um and then That's probably about being tactical about how you behave and interact or re-enter society, if you like. If you know that no matter what situation I'm in, if someone breaches it, I'm not going to say anything and I'll just feel really awkward and uncomfortable and be hating on myself for the rest of the day for not saying anything and for putting myself in a dangerous situation, for possibly putting my family in a dangerous situation as well. If you know that that's how you're going to end up, then it may be about, you know, tactically planning. When do I go to the supermarket?
0: Yeah, or, or really like PPEing up, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah, late yeah. late night supermarket visits, you know, really yeah. um, uh, or, or deciding, yeah, I might even ditch my shopping and walk off, you know, and come back later yeah. if yep. it's too busy. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so I think you're right. Um, I think it's having that pre, pre-considered, like um, tactics for how you're going to deal with things and thinking through yeah. what could be the likely outcomes of this and what am I going to do if something happens? Because a lot of the time we're just on autopilot, aren't we? When we go to the supermarket yeah, exactly. and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. I think we, we can't really afford to be right now. It's something that no. there's going to be a, a different level of re-engaging with society. For, for every 10,000 people, there's going to be 10,000 different ways of re-engaging and yep. uh, and so we're just going to have to sort of define what's comfortable for us, and and have a plan for putting it in action, really. And what we're going to do yeah. if it does go awry.
1: Yeah, and I think that's you know picking up on what we were <coughs> excuse me, what we were talking about before with the um, the new normal. We're not going back to the old normal of going to autopilot, go through your shopping list, um, throw everything in the trolley, and then move on. It's a new kind of normal that we're in. So let's plan about what time of the day I'm going to the supermarket. Let's plan how I'm going to respond if someone breaches my tolerance levels. Um, let's plan about what I'm going to wear when I go. Will I need to get changed or something like that? Or am I going to go with the PPE mm-hmm. gear? Um, all those sorts of things will be part of that um, step towards the new normal.
0: Yeah. And I found with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the kids as well, like, um, took them for some exercise down the beach and we, um, came to the staircases to go up. And, um, this older guy just came barreling down the stairs when we were sort of halfway up and the kids had to pull to one side and they were like braced up like, Oh shit. What's the, what the hell do I do here? And, um, yeah. and that was something I hadn't foreseen. I was like, yeah, I didn't even think of that, but I should have had that conversation beforehand with the kids. I was like, if we go out, we still have to maintain distance. I know it feels like we've gone back to school, but this physical distancing is where we're going to do the best to try and stave off spreading this this virus. And, and yeah. you know, if it's a situation where you think someone's barreling down a corridor or down some stairs towards you, just just back right up, you know, come back, back the way you came. But, you know, yeah. I, it's just things like that that, you know, I didn't think through at the time. and And there's yeah. going to be lots of these situations.
1: There will, and those situations will be a lot more obvious and a lot, there'll be, a, the differences will be more prevalent, I think, in society. But I think those situations may even emerge within families as well in mm. terms of, you know, Extended some families. siblings, well, even immediate family units where, you know, mum and dad might be, have a difference in terms of what they're tolerant of or how comfortable they are in going out into the, Public, or some of the siblings might have a different idea to other siblings about what's acceptable in terms of, you know, moving too close to other members of the public or touching the trolley or whatever it is. So um, I think one of the big things will be a matter of being aware or alert to the fact that people are going to be readjusting to this step towards the new normal at a different pace. Everyone will be moving towards that at a different pace. Their tolerance levels will be different, and we just need to understand that those tolerances are different for everyone. Um, And, uh, yeah, if everyone in the world could just hold hands and get along and sing (laughs) by Bayara, it would be perfect, wouldn't it? No holding (laughs) hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, virtual hands. Yeah. Um, but in the absence of anything like that, then I, th- I think it's a um, <laughs> I think it's a matter of you know Zoom just people understanding <laughs> that everyone is going to um, have different levels, yeah. different tolerance it, levels. Yeah,
0: expect expect someone to be totally more comfortable with being close than you are, and and yeah. have a have a bit of a thought about how you're going to deal with it.
1: Or conversely, expect someone when you go out to ask you to step back. Yeah, um, yeah, because that could be quite confusing. There. There'll, be,
0: there'll be some people that lose their shit. I mean, we, yeah. we've we definitely had that. I remember the first week, uh, an elderly gentleman, when we were down the beach, we were cycling, I mean, because the kids were on the pavement, and he screamed out like, oh, I'm in my 60s, I'm in my 60s, get back, get back. And I totally yeah, okay. understand where he's coming from. But the yeah. fact that, yeah, the, I, I thought it was unreasonable, but I get where he's coming from. And I totally see yeah. why he would have been fearful in that situation because that was at the time when everyone sort of thought it was, you know, well, no one really knew what it was at that stage. And um, yeah. I think we were probably about five meters away from him. But, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so maybe next time that happens, you can just pull over and say, <laughs> you can you can educate him about saying, <laughs> when when you ride within five meters of me, yeah. I feel like you don't respect my age. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, uh, yeah, when you say that, it kind of makes us feel like this. And um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I think you're right though, readjusting and being aware of, of other people's tolerances and your own and and having a plan yeah. put in place. But I think um having having a bit of a thought up front and making sure that we pre pre decide a lot of this stuff. Um, you yep. know, cause otherwise we'll just be on the back foot and be put in a, an awkward situation. Um, yeah. and no one wants to be in an awkward situation. Yeah. But, um, uh, have you got any other thoughts? I mean, um, what, what do you reckon anxiety levels are going to be like and so on over the next uh, few
1: weeks? I, yeah, I th- think there's probably two elements or well, there's more two elements that I can think of that. <laughs> um, in terms of anxiety. So there'll be the anxiety that people who have always experienced social anxiety or health anxiety, um, but it's been possibly reduced over this period because they've been able to control isolate themselves from society. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I dare say that with people going back to school um, with restrictions easing, um, tolerances reducing, people being more likely to um, or less likely to respect physical distancing and social distancing, um, then you'd expect that anxiety to increase, um, particularly health anxiety but also just social anxiety. So, you know, as we were talking before about kids who are thriving in this current situation of not having to go to school and not having to present in front of the class or anything like that, as they start to move back into the classroom, then those social anxiety triggers will be a bit more prevalent. So um, there's that whole aspect of the re-emergence of anxieties. Um, I think there'll be almost the emergence of anxieties also for people who haven't necessarily felt it before. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people who are, who they haven't, they've never felt any sort of health anxiety in the past. They've never been worried about getting any virus or contagion. And they haven't really experienced it because they've been in this isolation. But going back into society where, you know, maybe their workplace has opened up, maybe there's a lot more people out there, maybe there's a lot of kids running around because um, the schools are opened, they just might be on that higher level of alert now. Yeah. Um, On a hair trigger. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for those people, there could be an emergence of some sort of or an anxious response to Mm. being out in public.
0: I think, I mean, for me, one of the worst things I reckon would be feeling like I'd blown it and been in a situation where someone had coughed over me in a shop and then it'd be like, holy shit! Do I have to go into full quarantine away from my family now? And that would be probably—I mean, for, that would be awful. Like yeah. to actually to to either go to wear that and go right. What does that mean now? Do I, did that do I think that person actually could have had it? And and so those are the things I think I'm going to have to figure out and and you know move away from and make sure i don't expose myself to because that would be one of the worst things to think if i take this back home and one of my kids or my wife get this or you know extended family like i feel like yeah it's not necessarily about me but how shit would that be to sort of pass it on to a loved one because you weren't prepared or you didn't quite have your wits about you at the time and and i think that's that's kind of something we're going to have to be comfortable with with dealing with as well.
1: Yeah. But but I think that will be, you know, possibly the source or the trigger point for some of these mm. emerging anxieties will be yeah. the fact that now I'm worried about if a person 2 aisles across in the supermarket sneezes, do I avoid that aisle for the next 2 hours or yeah. what's the allowable time limit and that person's facing towards me when they're breathing, I don't want them to breathe towards me. So, you know, at what sort of where's the, where's the level? level of
0: neuroticism i guess like when does it yeah. become you know unhealthy to be thinking like this and do you think people are going to dig themselves into a big pit of despair you know with not being able to engage with society
1: uh i don't really know i couldn't answer that i, I think there'll be people that probably are more likely to do that but Similarly, have I just uh,
0: identified soft. myself as a high risk, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> If I seem a little bit distracted, it's because I'm <laughs> sending a text message to a mate. Yeah, go,
0: go pick him up. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. No, don't worry. I'm already barking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the other thing as well is um, obviously when we're when we're dealing with this sort of stuff as well the kids i think are going to deal with this way better than we will um because they're going to be keen to get back with their friends and so on but there's going to be the negotiation with the other parents as well because the other family units are going to have had their thoughts around what's appropriate and the kids might run up and go oh yeah can we play at each other's house and so it's all those sort of conversations that we're going to have to have as well like hey yeah. um can the kids have a playover? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, but is it going to be inside, or outside? And I think the danger is we're just going to go back to normal, and forget this social distancing, or physical distancing, and we're going to we're going to lose, you know, lose this battle against this virus because it only takes a few mistakes for it to blow up again, and a second wave is not a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or um, I think the other thing. From, particularly from the kids' perspective, going back to school. There's that excitement that they're feeling about going back into the school environment, being able to see their mates and play with their mates. But what does playing with their mates look like mm. in this step towards the new normal? Is it is that going to be the, um, you know, can we go outside and play footy and tackle each other in the playground during lunch break or do we have to maintain physical distancing in the yeah, schoolyard Exactly, as well, yeah. So. Is that going to be weird? Yes, it is. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, but um, like I don't know whether you've been listening to CoronaCast uh, run by the ABC, but that's a, a brilliant podcast that's yeah. Released I daily. Yeah. I, lo- I love what they were talking about when it comes to, you know, kids, kids can get this disease just as easily and, and mm-hmm. transmit it as well. So, you know, if your kids come down with a cold, well, ideally, like if they come down with a cold, if anyone comes down with symptoms, you know, of of flu or fever, all that sort of stuff. We should be getting tested. And yeah. and you know, <laughs> kids get lots of colds. So there's gonna be a lot of really uncomfortable testing coming up. And that's gonna be something that kids are not gonna to wanna to do. I mean I don't think anyone wants to have something a swab poked to the back of their nose and <laughs> the back of their throat. <laughs> like it's not a good day out. But I think that's some um, that's like the cost that we're gonna to have to pay for, you know, reintegrating back into society um yep. you know that it is something that if we get a cold we're going to put a hand up straight away and it there's going to be no stigma attached to going to get tested and it's the way that we've got to work to try and beat this thing mass yeah, testing
1: exactly yep hmm. so yeah i think there's all those changes and they'll be part of the the uh new normal for for kids for adults for everyone of does society look like that we're going back to there's you know we spoke before about expectations there's the expectations that um children are going back to school but what does the new school look like and that may be that we need to (laughs) have a conversation that you know you're not going to be sitting next to your mate you'll be sitting two desks away from
0: yeah i don't know whether they've even had that conversation what's that going to look like I just had a big smile on my face because, like, I don't care. They're going back to school. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: actually, get shit done <laughs> until they actually have that swab up yeah. their nose and down the back of their throat, and then they'll be staying back at home again. And well,
0: yeah, and they're not going to do for that. You
1: guys, do you go in isolation?
0: Uh, does everyone? Yeah, I mean, and that that is something that I know a lot of people had questions around, and I know that there are a few people that said, "Oh yeah." Um, in fact, there was one case in the UK. When um, then my mum came across when someone came into work and they said, oh, yeah, my, my wife's in quarantine at home. And my mum was like, what are you doing here then? Like, go home. <laughs> Is that, oh, no, it's just my wife that has been be in quarantine. Uh, yeah, but you guys, like, uh, yeah, you're a couple, you're intimate and, you know, hang out together a lot. There's a really high chance that, you, you know. You, and And it was all that sort of communication that people weren't aware of. Like, people had to make a lot of decisions on the fly yeah. with, and like, less information than was ideal. And I think it's almost like we need to have that sort of stuff really spelled out.
1: Hmm. And I think, again, getting back to that, um, the idea of having the conversation planned in advance, it may not be that, you know, a stranger breaches your um, tolerance zone in terms of physical distancing at the supermarket. It could be a workmate who has turned up and their partner's in
0: yeah, quarantine, quarantine
1: and for some reason they think they're not. Or, um, you know, the conversation of when your children want a schoolmate to come over and play or want to go over to a schoolmate, how do you have that conversation
0: Yeah,
1: um, the parents or with the child? or or yep. well, they go over for
0: mate. a playtime and it turns out that one of the parents is in quarantine. You're like, oh, great, yeah. thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Then you're like, well, you wait there, I'll go home and get your yeah. sleeping bag. Looks like you're looking after you're our kids. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Great.
0: A holiday for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that uh, sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly it's all appealing now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking, Arnie. No, um, <laughs> no I, I mean, for me, like it's it has been really good. Like just spending time with the kids. It's been it's been gold actually. The um yeah. the conversations that we've had that we would never have had have been really really great. You know, like I mean Annie, she's ten now, hasn't really opened up that much, but we've had some pretty cool conversations. Just yeah. because we've spent more time on a daily basis than we would normally and it's yeah, yeah. so i'm part of me's kind of you know a bit gutted that we the schools are opening up again this term i kind of had it in my my sights that it was going to be the whole term um yeah. so oh well you know it it is what it is but um, <laughs> we've we've had we, we've had a lot of family time and you know it's time to pick things up a bit so it's it's been a re- a great sort of uh, i guess rethink about how we interact with the world at large and our family so uh, yeah,
1: yeah it's, but, it's,
0: it's, it's a, to use Chris's Chris's words from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels it's been emotional <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I think um, a, well a lot of clients or their families have reported that siblings are playing together more they're getting along rather than fighting hmm. um, together and I think that's you know, as you say, that's a good thing that's come out of it is the stronger relationships between a lot of um, family members. And I think that's something else to kind of consider as we move back in that step towards the new normal of looking at from our routine what have we picked up that was a temporary routine just while we were in isolation or while we we're in quarantine? What's something that we've done? that has been beneficial and that we could continue to do. Um, and what's something that we were doing in the way back in the olden days before COVID um, that we could perhaps do without. Hmm. And, you know, that could be the, you know, sports or music or some other social Sixth, activity every night of the week. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we ditch a couple of those and make sure we've just got family time where everyone's at home and we all have a meal together and – um Get home at three o'clock and just have a chat, or um, just bake be, bread, or yeah. go for a ride, or whatever it is that we do. We're doing it as a family, yeah, um, and we're all talking about things.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, Arnie. and I think um, a lot of parents have actually voiced their concern over going back to the the driving round to all the sports, and it has been that opportunity to pause and reflect. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe well, it's been pretty cool going for a bike ride every night you know just as a yeah. family how is that yeah so we've been super fortunate to be able to do that i know people yeah. are in much worse situations but um definitely having making the most of this pause to really reflect and and move forward in a a mindful manner i think yeah a yeah. considered way
1: yeah yeah um i think you know as you say reflect and just be aware of the benefits that can come out of the pause to life that we have experienced or a lot of us have experienced um, and then realising that this transition or this move to the new normal doesn't mean we have to stop all those habits or mm. we have to do our damnedest to try and pick up and make sure we're doing two sports and two musical instruments and one social activity and then a play date on Sunday afternoon. Maybe we can cut back on some of those and, you know, Pick one sport and one instrument.
0: Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Any, um, any final final thoughts, Arnie?
1: Um, I think just in terms of expectations, managing expectations, um, I won't say lowering expectations, but
0: (laughs) I'm all for lowering expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I think just there's the risk that we expect things to go back to that normal. Mm. Um, or we expect people to be at the same level or have adjusted back to this new normal at the same pace that we are and we expect people to understand what our tolerances are in terms of social distancing or um, protective wearing protective equipment or hygiene and um, sanitising hands and that type of thing. They're the expectations. I think we need to kind of be aware of them, communicate them, maybe even chat about it with family members and say, here's what I expect when everyone goes back to school. Do you expect that or are you expecting something different? Um, is it Will it mean more upset or less upset hmm. to our typical routine? Um, yeah, so I think that's probably the main thing to keep an eye out for is the expectations and having communication around that.
0: Yeah, yep. And I suppose the opportunity is that we can, like, if we think these things through, we can play a bit of a leadership role as well. Because we know that certain people aren't going to be, um, or have spent time to think these things through as well, and and we need to be on it. Like this whole thing about helping ourselves as a community keep this physical distancing going and not letting the foot off the off the gas or letting the foot off the brake, sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, we we all have a part to play in it. I mean, it's like that analogy with a a ship. Like when you're sailing, like um, the whole thing about safety is everyone's responsibility, and that, that's something that you don't really come across in day-to-day life. But when you're in a, I mean, um, like we, we used to do ocean racing, and and the big thing was, you know, when I did it, I did a sea safety survival course, you know, where they tip the boat upside down in the dark and all that sort of thing. It's pretty cool, yeah. but uh, it really hit it home that who is responsible for safety on the yacht, and and it's like everyone. Is absolutely mm. responsible. It's not just the captain; it's everyone. Like if you see something, yeah. you've got to get on it, alert the captain, get yeah you know, all the crew. Everyone relies on everyone. I think we're going to have to have that sort of mentality, and it's it's yeah. new. We've never really had to be like that in in you know, current times. So, yeah, but exactly. it, but in a way that I suppose we we we're going to need a lot of empathy as well, aren't we?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I was just kind of thinking with those expectations of, you know, if you're feeling anxious, then do you just sit with it? Do you communicate it? Do you take yourself out of that situation? But um, also being aware that other people may be feeling that with the way we behave or the way other people behave. So it may be that you kind of need to step in. If you see that someone else is feeling anxious, but they're maybe not comfortable asking someone to move out of their um, tolerance zone. You might need to kind of step in and say, hey, mate, step back a bit. Yeah. I think people are a bit worried about the fact that you're a space invader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually,
0: I wonder whether there's going to be like a, a nomenclature that comes out of this that is almost like a a, a friendly greeting that is, hey, um, just before we get into this, can I just double check what you're comfortable with? You know, like what what's a good distance for you? You know, something yeah. like to preempt this rather than just assume that people are going to be upfront with it, and maybe if we have a a preemptive sort of greeting, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a bit too anal about this, but um, maybe that would be a way that we can actually stem a lot of the issues, like straight up. Maybe, upfront.
1: maybe instead of the bloods and the croops, we could have the the one point five fivers and the threes <laughs> and the <laughs> you just. Like if you tolerate 1.5 meters, you have a red bandana hanging out of your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. We can work on something. <laughs> oh, that guy's a, he's a, he's a, he's a three meter. He's a three meter yeah. guy. Uh, you <laughs> know, he'll crack the sads if you get any closer. I better, yeah. better, better steer clear from him guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. will be doing pass bys.
0: But, but you know what I mean? Like having that way to communicate it in a way up front that, that make sure everyone's aware. Because there's going to be a whole load of argy-bargy, otherwise I think and yeah, exactly. and, we, and yeah we don't need that no one needs that and um, yeah a lot of empathy hmm Yes have to get working on absolutely. that absolutely <laughs> <laughs> cool alright I, well, I don't want to keep you too long because I know you're a busy man but um, well, no worries thanks, thanks again for taking the time to chat with us and uh, I say us it's it's me but it's us all listening um, <laughs> Thank you.
1: Pleasure as always. (laughs) Yeah,
0: likewise. And um, look forward to catching up with you next week.
1: Yeah, great. Excellent.
0: Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Arnie as much as I did. If you're enjoying these chats, please give the show a rating and even more so, please review it. I love reading the reviews and it helps others to discover the podcast as well. If you haven't got into it yet, I'm finding the ABC's daily podcast, Coronacast, an excellent resource for keeping up to date with where things are at with the pandemic. It's mainly Australia-centric, but discusses topics relevant to everyone going through the lockdown at the moment. Just search for Coronacast in iTunes. That's all from me. I hope you stay safe and sane. And until next time, enjoy your caffeinated
1: beverage.